0: This episode is brought to you by my wonderful patrons. Thank you so much to my patrons. They make this podcast possible and also very fun to do because we are able to interact on a private discord where we can talk, discuss topics, and just in general help each other collect the things that we want. So thank you so much to everyone who participates there. I couldn't appreciate you more. With that out of the way, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Geeked Owl Collecting Podcast where we collect Pokemon cards and other nerdy things like damn adults. I am your host, Jess, and thank you so much for being here. In this episode, I actually wanted to bring on a cool new hobby buddy that I just recently met. His name is Kurt from Kurt's Card Care. And the reason why I wanted to bring him on is because he has been cleaning and maintaining his cards for years now, and he started teaching that skill to other people. And I wanted to bring him on because I didn't really know it was a thing, which is silly because I've been collecting for so long I feel a little ashamed that I didn't know about these things sooner, but also because You know, it's something that we really want to... It's a a skill that you definitely want to try and take on even a little bit just because if you like to send in cards to get graded or if you just want to make sure that your cards are in really good shape and continue to keep them in really good shape. And These are good skills to have just as a collector even if you don't grade things. And just as an aside, I do want to preface with this isn't... uh, Cleaning cards is not manipulating or... Mm, what's the word? Altering your card. That That's the word that I wanted to say. This isn't about altering your cards. This isn't about, quote unquote, making the centering better, right? Because that would include cutting the cards. This isn't about painting the cards. This isn't about anything like that. This is literally just shining your cards up, polishing them, maybe helping the edges a little bit with some tape. You know, if there's a little bit of a frame, these aren't alterations. These aren't bad taboo things that if you sold a 50 or, you know, $50,000 card, uh, you're not going to be defrauding your sellers, right? That That's not what this is. This is just, in my mind, a very valuable skill as a collector, just, you know, to to develop and build the craft of. So anyways, that's why I wanted to bring Kurt on today. I've rambled for way too long. Here's Kurt. I really appreciate you coming on for sure, no doubt. This has been kind of life-changing, I will say. Cleaning cards, definitely life-changing. But Kurt, I wanted to talk a little bit about you and yourself and what you do online and what you share, essentially.
1: Hey, I'm happy. Thanks for having me, Jess. And let's see, I'll start back to uh, like, when you said like what I share online. so Long story short, and we can unpack it more if you wish. Just turned the big 40 this year, and I've been a card collector probably since 88, 89. I had family and friends that were into it, and i just been sucked in and just found like a great, just, I just love collecting, man. I'm just a collector, so I've always been into it, and for years, I was always obsessed with making cards look a little bit better if I could. I just, I have a special type of OCD. I think like when I see something out of place or bent or scratched, I'm always like, how can I fix it? I think it's just probably the artist in me that likes to see things just the way they're supposed to be. I started making formulas, like just, I, I didn't even call it Kurtz Card Care until a year ago, but I just started making some formulas. I grew up in an automotive family, had a working knowledge of how to make different products and stuff that we would use on cars. And I figured, all right, there's got to be a way to do this on cards but i know the car stuff is like way too harsh and way too heavy so i started making formulas years back and started working on my cards and that's when i started submitting them and started getting better grades because i was able to clean up the surface and whatnot and i just did it privately and i did it for fun and i have a handful of collector friends around the country and even the world that would send me cards to work on for them boom the pandemic hit and i'm like swamped with guys wanting me to grade or uh, to to clean up their cards, and I just was like, I was happy, but I was just like, there's got to be a better way. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna throw, I, I'm gonna throw out every secret or technique or best practice or whatever the heck you want to call it, out there and just show people how to do it, rather than just keep on doing it. So when you said, how did the online stuff start? I my wife told me you should make an Instagram page. And I said, oh man, social media drives me crazy, but all right, I'll do it. She's like, you do good work. People would like to see this. And so I made the page and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna start making the products and start sharing them with collectors. So I just, so I named it Kurt's Card Care and that was that. And then I started uh, doing demonstrations online. And sure enough, it found out that I was like, I'm not the only one. There's a ton of people that hit me up right away that were like, hey, I I try to do stuff on my own, but I just, I have a patchwork of stuff that I've been trying to work on cards with. Sometimes I get great results. Sometimes I don't. And I like what you're doing. So just from making videos in this studio of working on my collection has really tied me into like collectors across the world, the country. And it's all been through just the common goal of fixing up cards in our collection. So that's really like just the progression of where we're at now. And so, yeah, I, I hope that makes sense. And I appreciate you asking.
0: Yeah, it it totally makes sense. And I think the great thing about just the whole process, it sounds like it has happened really organically. And I really like how people will find your content and they don't even realize that's those are things that they can do or that those products are even available within their available to them to use, which is really awesome. I think it works out really well because you're teaching skills. And this is just a part this is just an aspect of collecting. And this is just this part of collecting coming to the surface a little bit more because when people think about maybe cleaning cards, I don't know, some people probably instantly think about alterations and cutting the corners or trying to make the the edges look nicer or the alignment, the centering a little bit better. But this isn't any of that. This won't land you in jail if you're like, what's his name that's gonna, you know, alter a a Honus Wagner back in the day.
1: I know. And there was like some really big news a couple of weeks ago about people cutting cards. And it's like, for the record, I don't cut corners figuratively or literally. Like everything I do is handmade, I've always believed. Like I like competition. I like natural talent. And even though I'm just working on cardboard and teaching the community how to work on cardboard, that's okay with me. I like it. And. I would never advocate getting out paints or markers or trimming up corners. I just think that's cheating. If you can take a card and fix a little ding or work out a little... Vintage cards have a lot of heavy fingerprints and sticky stuff on the surface. And I think a lot of collectors will find a card like that and be like, eh, game over. It's Mm -hmm. not... I'll put it in my collection, but I sure do wish it looked better. Yeah, I think you're tracking along right with me. Like I tried to just... I wanted to be a product or, or a customer of a company like mine. So like when I started grading cards again about 10 years ago... I would search like my company's name, like I'd search card care solutions or how to fix baseball cards or basketball cards. And it was like a patchwork of random ideas. And I was like, there's no company that makes something safe to put on cards. It's like such a huge hobby and such a, so many people collect. And that's what pushed me to be like, uh, get to work, start start (laughs) making formulas, start testing, start testing very in a small group with just your personal friends. And Yeah, I did that for close to probably 2010. I started doing that. 10 years later, I was like, it's time time to share this. There's enough great people I met that would totally enjoy this type of craft. And it would help out the hobby for them. And that's what I've been doing.
0: I love that you called it a craft. I had a whole bunch of questions in my head on ways we can go with all the things that you just said, but I really wanted to bring that up because it really is a craft. It's a skill. And collecting in general is a craft in and of itself because there's different skill sets that come with it. And I don't know, it's just always been really fun. And I think for me, at least, you know, because I've been grading for a few years now. Mm -hmm. And for me, my weakest thing to grade has always been surface. And I just was not very good at it. And when you get into cleaning cards and having the proper equipment to even really fully assess or grade a surface, you really start to, everything really starts to I don't know, I guess maybe come into place where you start to to really see and understand, oh, okay, yeah, I didn't see that without a black light. I definitely need to be better about that. And it's just a matter of practice, of course, but especially with grading costs being so expensive now. Yes. We have to, I, I love to still grade and, and I want to grade my favorite and slash most important cards, whether they're valuable or not. Maintaining the quality is, your goal right at the end of the day because you want to keep them so you have to be even smarter now before it was really easy to just send things in but now you have to be much smarter if you weren't i I agree
1: you make good points because surface was where what led me to like kurt's card here to a degree because i have a pretty good eye when it came to sharp corners and edges and centering those were things i could eye up but i didn't realize all the little things that are on the surface, I just wasn't into it the way I am now. And that would be my lowest score. Like my, I would always submit with Beckett, and i would get nines on the corners or higher, or I could eye it up well, and the centering would be a nine five or whatever. And then I would get like a seven surface. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing wrong? And I just didn't know how to do it. The microfiber, obviously, I got them everywhere. You know, what I mean, they but they can only go so far sometimes. And you just sometimes you just need that little bit of extra just help to like even loosen stuff up. I love nineties basketball cards. I have so many nineties basketball cards with specs dried on them and 30 year old fingerprints dried on them and all this stuff that like, I just can't work with a microfiber. And I'm like, they're all foil. And it's like, for a while you start flaking the foil off. And I'm like, there's gotta be a better way. So mm-hmm. yeah. And, and even if people aren't people collect for a lot of reasons, it's like, People might buy cards and grade them and sell them, which is fine. Or people might just love to have a collection or keep on growing their collection, whatever. But I think that something we can all agree on is we're all pretty picky when it comes to having the nicest, the nicest looking card possible, whether you keep it or sell it or whatever. But I think that whether what, whatever side you're on or wherever you collect, I think we can all agree it's important to like keep your stuff looking its best. And that's really mm-hmm. where I just saw like in a space where I'm like, why isn't anybody doing this? And I figured, all right, well, let's make some videos and show people how it works. And I have just met some of the, the most awesome people. I met you because of this. So I, I appreciate having me
0: on. <laughs> 100%. I guess the reason why I actually found out about you was because one of my hobby buddies who's into Fortnite and um, really into sports, and he's definitely well-versed in a lot of different Collecting verticals, I guess you could say. And uh, he mentioned you, and I was like, Holy crap. Yep. This is exactly what I need. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. and, And it makes me want to learn more about the craft in general because Fortnite cards, those are definitely applicable from a lot of the videos that you've already done. But also too, I'm thinking about my Pokemon cards. I'm thinking about my Magic the Gathering cards and actually was funny with the cards that I sent you, I was debating whether or not to send you some Magic the Gathering cards. Cause there's this one set in particular that I actually did enjoy, but the printing quality was just so shit. Like the edges oh, were well. just chewed up. And so I'm I'm thinking to myself, it might be interesting to see him work on a uh, Magic the Gathering card, but. I think their base cards, unless they're foils, I think their base cards are probably paper. But anyways, it's just- I, I try to <laughs>
1: even though I don't collect every single style of card, I crave getting my hands on like every style of card because through just uh, really Instagram and the social channels, I've developed some really good friendships and like a lot of trust. It's like people's collection is very personal. People spend a lot of money on this. And for a lot of people, it's the, like me, at least, it's kind of like my escape, like, I got normal life hitting me all day long. So like when I sit down with my collection, I use it almost as, like as a, an escape or just a getaway. So it's, I know plenty of people do that too. So yeah, some sports are my main, but I just love getting my hands on every card just to show people in that community, you know, how to go about it and what works so they can hopefully get home from a crazy busy day or whatever it may be and just have some alone time work on their collection, see some results. Like I've been referring it to as like the hobby inside the hobby. It's, you got the hobby, you got the cards, but then you sit down with them. And, and I think that i have always been hands-on with stuff. So I have a hard time just buying my collection and just like putting it away. I know I'm not the only one, but uh, I like to get it out and look at it. And now that I can get it out and look for little imperfections and work on it. I don't know. It's just time well spent. And it's just a, a good little vacation at your house with something you already love to do.
0: Mm-hmm. I I agree with you we all need an escape and what's great too is that it just makes you that much better too it doesn't feel like practice but that's exactly what you're doing
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and and so when you get to those upper deck cards not literally the brand upper deck but those more expensive more valuable cards it doesn't feel like anything that should intimidate you because you've done it so many times on so many other cards that you're you're confident about your skill
1: That's a great point, Jess, because I do get people like on my show. It's fun. It's cool to feature cards that are $10,000 or something or higher. It's fun. And (laughs) and I get guys going, dude, are you nervous? I don't look at the player on the card. I look at the little surface issue I can fix up. I can look at the edge that I know how to fix up because it's just a card at that point. Yes, of course, it's important. And I understand that, but I just got to block that part out and be like, I see some issues and just like fix them on a $2 card. I can fix them on a $15,000 card. So yes, practice. (laughs) I tell people like even my customers, they'll, they'll hit me up and be like, Hey Kurt, I put an application of polish on the card and it, this, the mark is still there. I'm like, how many applications did you put? How many cards have you practiced on? Oh, I just got it. And I'm like, I need you to sit your butt in that chair and work on 10 cards a week. For the next four weeks, and you're gonna get you're gonna get the feel, and you're gonna be able to identify you pick up a card with a big old scratch on it. Sorry, Kurt's card care is not gonna fix it because it's permanent. But if you got Mm -hmm. cards with those little minor imperfections and things that you guys see me work on, sit down with it, spend some time with it and practice and it just makes you feel good. Like I said, the hobby inside the hobby. When you start getting some results, you're gonna be jacked. Like I just right before we came on, Jess, I, I got a really nice message from one of my instagram buds that just sent me a luka Doncic prism silver psa 10 and it, he cracked it out of a bgs 9 slab with 8.5 subgrades nines and he said all i did was just lightly work the edges and corners like you showed me It had a little couple bumps and i polished <laughs> up the surface and you just showed me the 10 slab today and i was like and he goes. I don't want to sound cheesy. He goes, but this is the most excitement I've had in ages. And I said, "Hey, man, celebrate it. That's good. You sat down and did that with your hands. And whether you keep the card forever or sell it or whatever, you did it, dude. It's it's an account. It's like a little trophy more than just getting a card. And
0: it's there's a story behind it too. It makes that card even." you know, that much more special. Because I remember the very first card that I graded was a PSA 8 Unlimited Hollow Mewtwo base Mm -hmm. set. Original, there's 20 billion of those cards and it's not even the best condition, but it didn't matter because it was the first one that I sent in to get graded. And on top of that, it got a PSA 8, even after the guy that was, he was uh, checking me out at the cash register. And uh, this was a place, it wasn't a card shop, but they did sell cards. It was like a secondhand kind of spot. You can get books and comics and stuff like that. So they did a whole bunch of stuff. Anyways, I he had the things. car. It, it runs me up some money, but I'm with you. But anyways, he had the card and he's just doing his thing on the cash register. And he's going like this. Oh. He's going like this to the card right in front of me. And I don't know. I would
1: be I would be very tr- triggered if that I was so
0: triggered, but I didn't say anything because i'm just the person that's not gonna say anything i know i know so who else they
1: do have that flexibility because it is a playing card so they do you do that with one of your fortnite cards or a sports card it's game over so pokemon does have that durability factor but still i hear you and
0: maybe that's what saved me i i don't know but like to your point with him, your hobby buddy, that, that's really great. That's awesome. That is so cool. Regardless of what you do with that card, that is so cool. And for me, I've always been the kind of collector and I've talked to other collectors about this, trying to find ways to that are hidden, but not really hidden anymore. But a few years ago, they were hidden ways to get quality cards at not top dollar prices and one of the ways that we were initially doing that and we can you can probably still find some really good deals on them right now but cgc is a great grading company they grade really hard they and, and those cards don't necessarily go for market price compared to maybe a bgs or a psa if you've got a card with subgrades. Or you've gotten a really good look at that card, and and you think there's something in that card that maybe you could just without doing anything, just take it and get it graded by PSA or BGS or a bit better. That's one way to do it. But then on top of that, add to your arsenal of tricks, cleaning a surface of a oh, card, and it's working so the edges. Yeah.
1: And, and I even said in this video, I'm like, I've always been an artist, and that's just one of my things. All the viewers, if you're not an artist, don't you? Don't talk yourself out of this, you guys. I when watch my examples, copy off me. I, I try to teach the whole time. but I'm going to show everybody how to do it. And like I said, when you practice on your base cards, it's all good. And then referring to you know what you're saying, Jess is the hobby inside the hobby. I love going to card shows and finding raw cards. I like going to card shows and finding BGS 8.5s with subs. I if I think I I could be wrong. I mean, it, but I think. If I had the budget, just go buy a bunch of PSA 10s or pristine cards. I don't know if I would like, there's no sport in it for me. There's no competition in it for me. I do have some nice ones that are that are 10s. A lot of them I've turned into that, and I just, I'm more proud of them. But I do enjoy finding cards at card shows because you can definitely look at them and get a good view of them. And then, yeah, you guys, if you're hunting for cards that you can clean up, look at cards with subgrades and if you have some surface stuff or some edge issues and you can identify it and see that it's not like permanent but fixable have fun give it a go crack it open work on it the worst that can happen is it doesn't work out you know what I mean it's oh how many times you guys like I, I know I show off a lot of pro demos of like stuff working out really well. Let me tell you guys something. The stack of cards that doesn't work out is bigger than the stack of cards that does work out. So don't feel bad if you're like, God, I can't get this bend out, or I can't get this line off the front. Welcome to my world. Welcome. <laughs> and if you can get one of them to look rock star status out of five or eight or ten, and <clears throat> pardon me, pat yourself on the back. That's cool because you aren't going to do anything with them anyways. You know what I mean? So might as well give it a shot. So it's it's a fun thing to do, and I suggest you guys if it's something to interest you go looking for some, go hit the card shows and pick up some raw stuff and work on it at home.
0: That's awesome. And for today, I I know you've seen it. I had a number of questions that I was thinking I was going to go in this direction, but honestly, I want to go in a little bit of a different direction because I feel like in my head, I always try to go toward, when I'm learning something new, I always try to find the fundamental principles that yeah. can then I can take and apply to everything. And from the conversations that we've had, for sure it is, the, the first one I, I would say learning from you is definitely trying to figure out the material the card is made out of mm-hmm. and what kind of coat, if it has a coat, what kind of coat, and then build your process from there. So. A, a, would you agree with some of those fundamentals that I just said, but B, what other fundamentals would you maybe add to those or correct or, or edit with that?
1: Yeah, I'll give you what I look for when able to turn a card around and then using even like the formulas I make. You guys go, seriously, sometimes hot breath and a microfiber is all you need. I'm not going to diss hot breath, even though you guys might see me use my straw. I can channel my hot breath on a card rather than just blowing all over the thing. So if you're going to use hot breath, use the straw. All right? mm-hmm. If you don't like McDonald's straws, you can go to Taco Bell too. But what I like say, like in context to the three, my three main products, Jess. Like I make a card cleaning spray, uh, a card polish, and a corner tool. the The most that you're going to be able to use my stuff is on modern era cards with a little bit of protection on the front or back or both. And what I mean by that is, if you guys watch any of my work or check anything out, you'll hear me say the word clear coat a million times because most modern era cards have a plastic front a little bit of paper in the middle and then a plastic back so that creates a nice protection for the card but it also makes them waterproof to a degree so when i like for an example like i have a couple Fortnite cards here on my desk and we got a base card and it's a base uh waypoint and so for example guys like this card is Very shiny on the front. And I'll try to get some light on there for you. It's very shiny. So when you guys are looking at your cards at home, hold them under a good light and you're going to see that this has shine all over it. So that means it's got a protection on it. When you look at a Fortnite card from the back, just from this series, this is the 2021 run of the cards. and On the back, it's an unprotected cardboard finish. So what that tells you is, if you're going to work on it with my stuff or any stuff, just be careful with the back. My The safest way to play cleaning the card on the back that's unfinished is going to be like hot breath and a microfiber, okay? Because if you put a polish on here or cleaning spray on here, it will saturate the card. Game over. You don't want to do that, okay? But the protective shiny front, to, you could put a drop of water on there and it's going to sit there. It's not going to saturate into the card. That means you can easily give it a polish or uh, use a spray to give it a clean if it's got dirty fingerprints or res- residuals or anything on the surface. So that's like what you want to look for when cleaning a card. And also take in mind, of course, the corners, the edges, things like that. If you have any minor bumps or dings or anything like that, it's hard to see on here, guys, but this I always keep it on my desk because I use it all the time. Being a guy that loves to draw and paint, I made my corner tool emulate a paintbrush because I'm good with a paintbrush. And even if you're not, I'm sure you use a pen or a pencil often. So I just kind of want to like make tools that feel like it's something you've already been using for a bit. So those would be the things that I would look for when you're accessing, like sizing up a card and wondering how do I work on it or where should I go from it? So make sure it has a clear coat, you guys, if you want to use any sprays or polish or anything like that, you know, that way you're just not going to ever go too far or damage the card, of course.
0: Yeah, that that makes a ton of sense. So then as far as, okay, so you were saying the spray is used if you have maybe gunky, if it touched like the sticky part of a team bag or anything yeah. like that on the yeah. surface.
1: That's a great, that's, you know what, that's what, you nailed it. I see so many modern cards and I think a lot of people get cards like from, variety of places but breaking is really popular there's a lot of breakers and, and a lot of cards will go in team bags I have received cards with sticky residuals on the front and you're not going to get anywhere with a microfiber on that. you're just going to smear it all around so that's where I make my little handy spray and I'll put it on just a little cotton square or a microfiber and just give it a quick wipe pull it right up sometimes you guys will see me work on cards for two days other times you'll see me work on them for two minutes so little sticky that's like really what i'm going after so my spray will go after a little sticky stuff or a little again i'm gonna go back to the 90s because that's like when i grew up and that's when i started like really big into basketball i'll go garage shalin or card showing or whatever and i'll get 90s stuff and there's always like age spots or sticky stuff on them or things like that and i can never get that off with hot breath or a microfiber so using a little bit of spray on a cotton square getting it off and then once you get it off you might have it could look a little dull because that sticky stuff was on it for a long time and that's where i developed this my my polish i know there we go to go back on condition the top of the card bring that shine and that natural luster back and then i look at it and i'm happy and it looks good again you know what i mean so that's uh that's the process with the formulas and how i came up with them
0: Gotcha. So the polish is for and at the end, if it needs a little bit of shine, and then just getting like little weird things off the surface gently yes. would be a combination of using your McDonald's straw, some hot breath, maybe a microfiber, and then the tools. Exactly. Is this, like, a combo of all that.
1: Exactly. Because I, I really I designed the formulas around BGS's grading standards, edges, corners surface i can't do anything with the centering but i'm like all right what can i work on with the edges and corners my paintbrush that i figured out works great the i it's this is metaphorically speaking but i look at this as like the shampoo and this is like the conditioner so there's no shame working <laughs> on these things you know what i mean if it was that easy i wouldn't have to make it but the you and sometimes if you have a modern era card like i'm going to work on a couple Fortnite cards guys and I'll, i'm going to make a demo and i'll show you these cards don't have anything dirty on the front. They're brand new. But I did notice when I started, I put the hollow next to the laser. The laser is more brilliant than this hollow. And I held this hollow up to the light. And it does have just a little bit of... It's just a little dull. And it's strange. It could have been... I don't know how they even make cards at a factory. I don't know if they're humid there or they stick to the card in front or whatever the heck it is or just in movement or whatever... So, I'm not going to need to use any sort of probably cleaning spray on any of these Fortnite cards, but I'll give them a quick polish and they'll just pull off whatever accumulated or stuck to the surface from production till today. And my whole thing, you guys, is like restoring it. And I want to be, I know this is probably new for a lot of people checking this out. The polish I make, you guys, does not bond to the surface of your card. You are not adding anything to your card, it is going to go on there. It's going to cut through whatever crap's on the top and it's going to tightly pull everything back off. I have had many people, just like we talked about in this call before, they're like, I heard stories of people putting like car waxes and stuff on, um, cards and then sending them in to get graded. And it's clear that they did something to it and it's altered the actual physical composition of the card. And I agree with that. I agree with that, that it would, there's under the car polished car wax umbrella literally there's 50 different styles of car waxes and polish that all do different jobs, you know? So Mm -hmm. people that know this and they just bought one, they could potentially be like biting off way more than they can chew. So there's, in my stuff, I don't put any fake colors, any sort of like abrasives, like a lot of car care products will have a mild abrasive to just like strip off a little bit of the clear coat to bring that luster back. So I don't flirt with that. The cards are way too delicate and way too thin to be messing with that. And the clear coat is like barely there. So that's like the the process uh, that I, I would take is just, you know, I, I just want people to know you're not going to put my stuff on and try to hide something. You put it on, you remove it. And when you remove it, it pulls off all the stuff that you're trying to remove in a perfect world. And if you do have little swirls on the clear coat that are real light or like these little print lines that happen to come on cards.
0: I was about to ask.
1: (laughs) Sometimes those things dig into the card and like you rub your finger over it and you can feel like a divot or a dip.
0: Damn, Yeah. It's
1: it's permanent, man. It ain't going nowhere. But Mm -hmm. if you find them where they're just barely on the top, it's almost like the I, I can't even visualize how it happens, but it's almost like it didn't penetrate the clear coat. It's just some sort of sharp little rub on top. When you polish that up, you can shine it though some of those right off. But mm-hmm. again, all imperfections are unique. So that's why I always say, Hey, you guys, my stuff's not a magic wand. It's it doesn't work on everything. But the common issues I go after, it does a pretty darn good job.
0: And I'm really glad that you say that your stuff isn't a magic wand, but if you've put in the reps, it might feel that way. Yeah. I think that's where the skill really comes You'll get comes good in. at it.
1: You'll know what to go after. I, I think, I, I love asking my customers questions. And I'll say, why are you so better? Tell me why you got better at this. Like when you started, yeah. what have you learned from now until then? They go, really what cards do you even bother with or go after? They're like, I picked up a bunch of bent stuff and started trying it on. And I was, I was getting frustrated because I couldn't, it was just too much. So my eye became much more, you know, Just used to looking for these little things and going after them because, yeah, that's if I I figured out a way to get out giant scratches and giant dents and all this crazy stuff out of cards, I think I'd have to charge a thousand dollars a kit if I knew how to do that. If
0: you did, if you did,
1: I don't think I'm gonna figure that one out. But the but the light stuff, yeah, I, I can help you guys out with that
0: yeah that that's awesome honestly even if it's just light stuff that can do wonders to a card
1: because um, those are in a great high already so it's like i i don't think i could turn a four into a 10 i think that's crazy you know what i mean but but sometimes you guys would be surprised where someone just never wiped down a card and it's nine fives or all around it then the surface is a seven and there's like a big old piece of gunk on there and that brings the card down to like seven five and you just wipe that thing off and it pops up to a a nine five again. So I'm not saying it's impossible. Just keep your eyes open. It's a huge score when you can find something like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing too, I always talk about this. I always talk about this and this is something that I've been training myself into as well is when it comes to graded cards that you're considering buying, you always have to make sure that you grade the card. You buy the card itself not necessarily great. Just because it's a PSA 10 doesn't mean it's a strong 10. Yep. Just because it's a PSA 9 doesn't mean that it's a weak 9. It could be a strong 9 that you can maybe turn into a 10 after doing some cleaning to it maybe. You have to make that assessment. But also just because you buy a mint, near mint, gem mint card doesn't mean that's actually what you get because they grade all these cards and things go under the radar and no one's perfect and i don't think you should expect that either um it's not going to be perfect every time and at the end of the day
1: at the end of the day when it gets to grading there's a human looking at it and they're going to do human things like there's been times where i was so confident with cracking a slab and it looked like perfect and i get it out i'm like oh man did i do the right thing i'm like (laughs) i hope i can just get it back to like grade the same again and so, yeah, do uh, do your due diligence. Look at it under really good lighting. Get out a black light. Oh, you'd be surprised. Cards with a holographic finish or a heavy clear coat—you just get out. Keep one of these handy, a little black light. You can shine a card with a black light, and if it has edge separation that you can't see it with your eyes, but you put mm-hmm. a black light on it, and the whole edge is a different color in one area, lifted off the holographic surface.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then you're just like. Don't no, no I, would assume, I would assume graders have to use black lights. I would have to assume because even another thing that I, I always suggest to you guys use the black light because I'm not the only person that has ever tried to clean up a card before. And yeah. there are a lot of cards that I've purchased just through all means, card shows, eBay, whatever it is. I'll put a black light on them and I'll see big old splotches that just glow. And it shows me that somebody down the line... Try to clean it up with like soap or something, and it might look good to the naked eye, but you put that thing under light; it's three different colors, and you're like, "Somebody butchered this thing." It's these are what nine bucks on Amazon. Spend the nine bucks,
0: barely. Yeah, it's
1: it's part of the card It's part of the card toolbox. You got to get one.
0: Mm -hmm. That that makes so much sense, and. Something that I did want to ask you because you've talked about, you've worked on a lot of different cards, including Pokemon cards, right? Yeah. Because your kids have Pokemon cards. I, When it comes to the Pokemon cards, because they are technically considered a modern card because they were printed in the 90s. They started being printed in the 90s. So they started using certain printing techniques for them with clear coats and whatnot. What is it? What is my question? So when you're looking at a hollow or a reverse hollow where the entire card doesn't necessarily have a hollow foil on it, Mm -hmm. how, I don't have any Pokemon cards in front of me, but are those still safe to clean?
1: Yeah, good question.
0: Because they have a clear coat?
1: yeah they do okay and here's what I would suggest the the polish is easy on pokemon cards the here's what I notice though when it comes to the ones that my sons love and that I'm like getting my head wrapped around more is like the v's the vmaxes the the ultra pretty ultra metal ones those mm-hmm. you guys are tough as nails they you can put you could polish the heck out of the front and the back of those when it comes to the reverse hollows or the just the hollow and pokemon crew give me grace just the looks like the regular playing card with like the little square of the hollow in there right i noticed this since they are very thin cards if there are like print lines or wear lines on those hollows that are not the not the v series they're uh-huh. super hard to like get a, to go away they're they're, it almost is like scratch into the holographic foil every time yeah. on base-style Pokemon. Now, if the card's dirty, which a lot of those cards from the 90s are dirty because they were used in the game, they clean up really well, just to give them a quick polish on the front and back. And then if, I'm, if you're a Pokemon collector that is big into the Shinies and all the Vs and all that, you can go at it. You aren't going to hurt them one bit. One thing I will suggest, though, that I have learned, number one, everything I say, Practice on a base card, practice on a base card, practice on a base card. That's the most important. Like I had somebody hit me up today and say, hey, Kurt, I I got this really expensive Derek Jeter card. And it's got a a dot of a magic marker on the back. Can I get that off? Yeah, you can get it off. You can use the spray to get it off. But where I start thinking as a person that sells these products and represents these products, what if the the person starts pushing on it real hard? So I said, listen to me, Mm -hmm. you can get it off. But I want you to get a crappy card of the same set in the same series. And I want you to draw a circle on the back with a Sharpie. And I want you to clean it off there first with the proper pressure to apply. And he goes, mm. oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. I go, I know. Don't start <laughs> on the Derek Jeter with an autograph on the front. Don't do that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So when it comes to Pokemon, the since they are thin, there's a couple good things. If you have a little edge ding or a little edge bump, they're easier to fix. They're not as thick as a sports card so there's that is like the sports cards right plastic cardboard plastic there's three layers you got to get to so that, that's a little bit now pokemon is like one so like there if, if it's too badly beat up you're not going to get far with it but if you got a little depression or a little bump you can work it out with the corner tool here's what i want you to do always put a penny sleeve on top of your pokemon cards when you're working on them because if you just put the corner tool on the back edge of a pokemon card they're delicate and you know how it's tell me just if i'm wrong but i think almost all pokemon cards have the on the back the plane are the the back side of the card the reverse has yeah. blue around the entire edge so i was pressing on one too hard learning how and i wiped the blue right off
0: oh man oh. It, was a, it was
1: a piece of it was i take my own advice it was like mm-hmm. some it was a card that wasn't good because my sons love a handful of the, the Charizard to be their top. And so before I worked on any Zards for them, I said, give me the beaters because I'm not sitting down and working on these cards until I know what the heck I'm doing. And it was quick. I learned I picked it up pretty quick. And I just noticed that's the sometimes when you got those scratches or lines on the, the non V series they're hard to go make them go away unfortunately but if the card's dirty you can clean it up
0: excuse me that's really good to know and i was gonna ask too with you when you're working the edges because we can see the white edges on the front we can see them on the back when you put the sleeve on the edge before working it with your corner tool do you also sometimes is it helpful to give it a little bit of air a little bit of hot breath to
1: i here's what i do that's isn't that it's so crazy, you guys, but it's like I try to do practical things that anybody can do. So I, I don't feel like it makes me feel good when people write me nice stuff like you're really good at this and really good at this. I love it when people say you made me really good at this. And That's like why I'm doing it. And it's I really want people to have fun doing this. And when it comes to me, your climate's similar than mine. I'm in the Midwest. I'm in Metro Detroit. And one day it can be 80 and sunny. The next day it can be like 40 and snowy. So like humidity is a weird thing. So I noticed like when you have a decently humid room, I don't even know if you can see it, but it's like I have a up on my wall right there. I have a detector that shows me the humidity being in a, as a musician too, I got to keep my instruments and healthy humidity. So like right now it's 68 degrees in here and I'm at 44% humidity. That 44% is good because I have a lot of instruments. I will turn on, I have even a little portable heater in here. I'll get this room until 77 degrees with 55% humidity just to add a good moisture content in the air because cardboard is so sensitive to humidity. So if it's a real dry room, you can even crack clear coats and stuff like that. You don't wanna get the card hot, but you just wanna work on it in humidity. And that's where my straw will come in. So if I'm sitting in here and it's in the middle of winter and it's as dry as a bone in here and I can't even bend my hands, yeah, a little bit of hot breath on the corner, putting the penny sleeve on it and working it down works awesome. And if you're watching this going, what the heck is this guy talking about? Feel free to jump on my demos. I'll I'll make (laughs) some fun of it. I promise.
0: That's really good to know. And that's something that I actually wondered when it comes to like actual humidity metrics and the best temperature and humidity conditions you should keep your cards in because I have a humidor. And so I think about humidity uh, for the humidor and, but we're talking about much higher humidity levels, and yeah. it probably seems like that might be too much moisture. But I don't know. You, you tell me. What's too high of a humidity?
1: Yeah, it's even is like in a walk-in humidor. Like I love the feel of it. I bet mm-hmm. you that, that humidity is probably north of seventy percent, probably in the eighties because you can feel it. The th- the thing is, if you get something too humid, it's going to get sticky. And if you get it sticky and start pulling on it with something, you're going to remove the you're going to remove the finish. So my, my ideal card scenario is I like about a 75 to 80 degree room. I know that's like hot for some people, but like I'm a lizard. I can sit in the heat all day long. It's like, I'm into that. I get 75 ish. And then Mm -hmm. I like about 50% humidity and then I'll supplement it with a little bit too. But uh, I just find it to be easier to accomplish what I'm trying to do and, That's why I look at these weird metrics. It's not just, all right, let's get this thing out. start rubbing on the corners and trying to see what happens. I I really just pay attention to all these little things I can measure so I can do a better job. So good question. I'm happy to pass that on.
0: Yeah. And when it comes to cleaning, at least for me, and this is always the next question in my head, because you're spending a lot of time cleaning cards, you're buying equipment to clean the cards, The one thing that you don't want to do it, and honestly, it's made me revisit how I store my cards, but instantly, okay, I've got a card, I'm done cleaning it. I'm literally revisiting, okay, what do I do with this card right now? Do I put it in a sleeve? Do I put it? Well, obviously, of course, I'm gonna put it in a sleeve regardless of where I put it in, like a a top loader or a, a soft sleeve, like a card saver. But I am starting to rethink those things because- I have my idea of what things have worked in the past, but now that I'm being even more particular, I don't know, that's just something I just try to revisit And as far as what I do with my collection. Once I'm like, okay, this is a clean card. This is as good as I can get it. How do I store it now so they don't fuck it up?
1: Yeah, great. And let me. And it's different. I don't keep my cards in the workshop because if you kept the cards and 55, 65% humidity all the time, soon as you take them out of it, they're going to get, everybody's seen seeing it, the card curl, they're going to curl uh-huh. because they're just like, if I took a guitar out and sat it in the sunshine for five minutes, that neck and go, and I'm not sounding good at a gig. So mm-hmm. like you have to let everything acclimate. So what I would suggest is, so I'm at my card station and I keep my cards here, work on them here. When I'm done working out a card for the night, I do not penny sleeve it right away. I, I put, actually, I'll tell you guys, it's fun. I just put one on top of it so nothing gets near it. I walk away and I look at it with fresh eyes in the morning. If you're just going through a couple easy ones that are just need to be wiped down, whatever, do that. But if say you're working on one of your, one of your pieces, one of your cards, really let it just, just rest for the night. I, it might just be my focus, but I just put this, this on top of it. I leave it on my card mat and I walk away. Then I come in the morning because When you're working on a card you care about, you focus a lot. I'm in a dark room, under lights. It's like, I'm going in. So then I just want to get it out of my head and quit just staring at it for the evening. And I come back and look at it in the morning. Usually, I'll find seriously one more thing. And that's that one thing that's going to take a 10 to a 9. And I'll just look at it one more time. Make sure I like it. Fresh eyes, fresh hands. Then I'll sleeve it. Penny sleeve it. Card saver it. Team bag it. And then put it back in my collection or send it off to grading. But then, so I would say you guys, for your personal collection, keep it, Keep. I, I think that you have just have a, just keep it somewhere else in your house is my point. It, just keep it somewhere else. And if you do have, a, if you live in a very dry area, you you might, if you have a nice card collection, you might want to install a humidifier where it keeps your house between that room between 30 and 35 percent that's safe and then for my card brothers and sisters who live in like florida or texas or like some hot humid places i got a bunch of great customers in southern california and hawaii and they've shared with me that the overabundance of humidity in those air can sometimes wreak havoc on cards so they got to have a climate controlled place to put their card just uh be mindful of that so keep them in a if, if possible normal room temperature, 68 to 72, and then try not to get below 30% humidity or above 50 and you should be fine. They'll stay straight.
0: That's really good to hear because right now I actually just put a uh, dehumidifier in my closet where I keep them just because it just gets closets. They do...
1: There's no airflow. Yeah. And especially like you being in Chicago, it's 75, 80% humidity after you get that classic, like without any flow in there. And all of a sudden, you take out some of your cards and you're like, why are they all curled up? What happens to these things?
0: And, and I've seen it happen. Yeah. And some of the, my, my
1: favorite basketball cards from the 90s are like these clear acetates that were these super cool short prints. And they turn heavy yellow after the years. And It's unfortunate, and I know the environment plays a huge factor in that.
0: Is that sunlight or just a mixture of temperature and humidity?
1: I would guess more temperature and humidity, just because Mm -hmm. unless they were, like, in a card shop, but, like, any card shop you walk into, they're not really, like, in a window like, the sun beat. It's, like, most guys that own card shops or people that own card shops are pretty particular people, so they're not going to put their stuff in, like, the window light. So I would guess that it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, but I definitely am going to lean towards probably just the atmosphere because the atmosphere can do a lot of stuff. Like you look at, you you, you look at if you have Pokemon or Fortnite or sports cards, even if you bought them five years ago and put them in a sleeve and put them away, you take one out right now and take two out. So if you have two of your favorite cards that you bought five years ago, take and they're both shiny, take them out, polish one and hold it up to the next to the other one. You'll be like, whoa, it's almost if you haven't used like your nice silverware and like only every Christmas and then you get it out and you're like, it's got spots all over it. Yeah. Very similar. Huh.
0: That is so interesting. You now, you make me want to get like some kind of humidity detector. And put one next to my desk and put another one. In Amazon, my body, I, I I talks,
1: you know, all my customers are like, where do I get more? Episodes? Where I get more of this? Where I got my like, Amazon, I got links, I'll send them to you. You know what I mean? So it's that important. I've always been a nerd though, like this and this type of stuff. I love absolutes. I love having as many metrics around me as I can to like do things I like to do. And
0: there's no guessing at that point.
1: No, I just, I don't want to screw stuff up. Like I collect more than cards and I love my collections and I always want to keep all my stuff nice, you know?
0: yeah i i totally agree with you and it's the natural it's just a natural consequence i feel like once you start cleaning cards because obviously there's a level of ownership that you have with your cards because we've talked about it your collection is personal but then when you put more of that time and that care into the cards then you naturally start to start to feel a shift in your brain where you care more about these smaller little details of okay this is how I want to store my cards. This is the environment that I'm storing my cards in. And you think about those things, like I would think about those things before, but now I don't, now I'm just so much more particular. really is what it comes down to because it matters. You put your time into it.
1: Yeah, you just said it. You put your time into it. But time's valuable and we choose to do this. I just want to, you know, you guys and anybody watching, I'm not an expert, man. I don't got it all figured out. I just try to like pass on best practices that I've learned and, I just always feel if I can keep pouring my bucket out, I'm going to be able to like fill it up with cool new things that I can share. And so I've never really liked keeping like best practices to myself. And that's what led me to this. I'm happy that there's a whole tribe of other card nerds and collectors like me that are like, ooh, humidity, let's talk about this. You know what I mean? But it's not, it's just a lot goes into it. And I'm glad that we're going down this path. It's fun to talk about.
0: It, it really is. And you're right. I didn't think that we would be sitting here talking about humidity and temperature <laughs> for cards, but it matters. It really does. And yeah. I, I really do appreciate you too taking the time to put information out there because a lot of this, when I first was watching your videos, I almost was wanting to like, wait for the other shoe to drop because I'm like, this feels like trade secrets. <laughs> this is stuff that's valuable and it's stuff that's quote unquote, legal. Yeah. I, I say that just to get the point across. But yeah, it just feels like trade secrets. And there's a lot. Of course, it depends on the purpose person and the level of skill, like what we've talked about. But there's a lot of money to be had in many different ways doing this, keeping your collection better, which could increase the value of it over time. And or flipping cards if that's what you want to do
1: and that's why it's your property do whatever the heck you want with it it's, I, I it's so draining to like i see a lot of opinions on now that i'm on social media i see so many opinions and it's just uh i just fly above it you know what i mean it's like, i don't mm-hmm. want everybody seems like they want to tell everybody what to do with their personal private property and i'm like this is, hey man it's your stuff don't do whatever the heck you want with it you know what i mean and it's so if it is when we say trade secrets yes absolutely because like i shared with you like and full disclosure you guys this is not me trying to like get you to send me your cards to clean i don't even do offer that service i don't offer cleanings i don't charge people for cleanings i don't submit cards to any graders for anybody else than my personal self my whole goal is to like show people how to do this and yes of course i make some cool formulas and if you want to buy them they're under the whole kit's under 50 bucks. So it's, I don't want to be too bold, but you don't make your 50 bucks back. I don't know what the heck's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm, I'm trying my absolute best to put the tools in people's hands because I think Jess, you'd agree. Nobody cares about your stuff the way you care about your stuff. And there's a, I was one of them. I was a guy that people would send cards to for years and I would do all this stuff to them and fix them up. And I just felt that it was just like lacking. I'm like, nobody's out here like sharing. I had to like Like, okay, small tangent. I love the Beatles. I love musicians. So how crazy is this? When the Beatles were like early 60s, it was just McCartney and Lennon became friends and they were so into the blues that they were writing blues progressions, but they were missing like the fifth note that they were looking for and they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure it out. So what do you do today? You just go and type it out and find the music all written everywhere. Yeah. Paul Paul and John would travel To meet musicians in other parts of the country and learn different minors and majors that would go together and take these notes and bring it back and put it in their music. And I was like, it's so remarkable that people would search for, they they were so passionate about their music and about their craft and about their trade that they would look for advice. So really, I was just looking for advice and I couldn't find anything. I don't know if people are going to think I'm crazy or some witch doctor doing this stuff, but I'll go for it. I believe in it. And I know that people practice and take their time and ask me for help. Everything's going to be just fine. You're going to have a lot of good times doing it.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I I definitely agree. And you really, I I think you've said this earlier, but you really train your eye. Yeah. To see things. And for me right now, because I'm still learning and still practicing, I I don't even really have a words to describe, okay, what is that thing? Until I watch one of your videos, I'm sure, you start to notice shit you never noticed before. Like I I, Man, honestly, okay, last year I sent a whole bunch of cards in to get graded. And I looked at every single card. I sent in 400, close to 500 cards. That's a lot. It's a lot. And- I didn't look at it nearly as closely as I thought I was looking at those cards.
1: Been there, I, done that.
0: And you do. And honestly, I got cards with a lot of really good grades. I was, for the most part, very happy. But now I'm starting to look at those cards. I'm like, ooh, okay, what can I do about these? Is there something I, is there one that I can crack open and maybe resubmit for a higher grade? And maybe this time do, you know, subgrades? It's fun, yeah. you know,
1: if you're feeling it, give it a shot. And anybody that's watching this, it's like, how do you crack a slab or am I going to ruin it? You guys are more than welcome to message me. I will, I got demos. I can send you like, look at me as the card dude. I'll help you. i, I'll, I return every message. Sometimes it takes me a couple hours, but I will always, I just want to be a trusted good guy in the industry when it comes to like minor repairs and little fixes. And I'm always happy to share ideas and best practices.
0: And it's really nice having you around too, because you put in a lot of the work that we don't have to learn the things that you've learned, making all the mistakes that you made. Yeah. So.
1: Thanks for that, man. Yeah. I have definitely, but <laughs> it's, yeah, I, yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> I have definitely. I had to practice. I did stick to like base cards, but there was times where I got too confident when I got something out that I thought would be okay. And I worked too hard on an edge and, peeled up foil and screamed out loud and pouted and jumped <laughs> up and down so like trust me <laughs> guys. like I I've messed stuff up so tread lightly be careful and you don't you're not going to be able to google search this stuff because I tried it a million times but you can hit me up I'll, I'll answer you
0: yeah seriously and going back to it again industry trade secrets I feel like for sure the pros for sure the pros know this stuff so it's really nice to have access to your knowledge. I don't know. That's mean. yeah. Thank you,
1: Jess. I appreciate it. Yeah, you that's know, like cool. Like there, I am definitely not the, the one and only. There are, I'd say, like in the card collecting community, I would boldly say probably sixty percent plus are of guys have a toolbox that work on their cards. And cool. I, I clicked with those guys right away. So they're like, dude, finally a bunch of good stuff in one collection. They'll show me like tackle boxes, like literally like fishing tackle boxes full of like stuff. And I love them because I'm like, they're guys, they're just like me, man. That's exactly what I had. But then more and more, I'm meeting people that are brand new. And so they really need, and I love, I'm not one of these grizzled veterans. It's, oh, you're new to the hobby. I I hate ego and attitude. You know what I mean? If you're new to the hobby, welcome. Join, man. Like I had some great mentors when I got into it. A lot of them were like my uncles and stuff like that pointing me in the right direction, but I'm always asking for help. I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I don't have it all figured out, but like having a great community of collectors has really helped me along the way. And plain and simple, I'm, I'm happy to, to pass it on. I here's I stress this. Nobody's going to care about your stuff the way you care about it. There are great card cleaners and card artists out there. There are great submitters out there. But I also know that makes people anxious too. Like I'm sending all my stuff to this person and they're going to do stuff to it and I hope if that makes you anxious, learn the trade, man. It's not hard. Yeah. Like I said, sit your butt in the chair. 10 cards a week. Just if somebody wants to get muscles or lose weight or learn a new language, it's not going to, you ain't going to wish it into existence. You got to put your butt in the chair and do it.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. I, I definitely agree. And that that's part of, of what I think I did because I did send it off to graders. They're great middlemen. I had no problem, but I wanted to be more deliberate with being able to, to say, hey, OK, I think this card is going to do this and yeah. gonna do this and then get that result back and see what it does, see what happens. I wanted to be more deliberate about that, which is why I got myself involved in the grading process and I sent my own cards and I don't send anyone else's cards in except for maybe <laughs> my cousins. But it was
1: just too much. You know, this was, just, just was pressure for me bold on my wall. Relax, have fun, and love life. That's my three biggies. And as an artsy, fartsy person, like being in charge of a bunch of submissions and filling out all people's data and feeling like this pressure, that doesn't make me relax or have fun. That makes me like-
0: Not at all. Not not at all. I
1: can't be everything to everybody, but hopefully like the content I'm providing and the advice and the brotherhood, sisterhood, I'm trying to like connect with everybody is, you know, I'm good with that stuff. So you guys, if you need me in that capacity, I'm happy to connect.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's been the biggest other than being a collector and the collection in itself being very fun and fulfilling. I guess maybe you could say life changing because it's so fun and fulfilling, but also meeting people that has been so much fun. And there's so many collectors. You can find your own little tribe and little might be not even like tiny little might be as in a few dozen people that you're cool with that you, you, you know, talk to about things. It just thought totally fine for me.
1: I felt like a special guest. I, I gotta say, it was it made me feel really good. I went to a card show last week, last weekend, two weekends ago, and I always wear my work shirts. And I had probably six guys say to me, "Hey, man, where'd you get that shirt?" And I'm like, "Hey, I'm Kurt, the dude from Instagram." And I go, "Yeah, <laughs> they, they reached out. They pulled, oh, reached backpack, they pulled out their card care kit. I'm like, hell no yeah,
0: way. that's like, awesome. Thank you."
1: <laughs> and I had guys come up and give me handshakes and say, me and my son have been doing this together and we've been working on cards together and, you know, we've been practicing, like you told us, base cards, we're practicing. And I was just like, how cool. I just felt great that these guys were so happy to like say hello. And it was just cool. I, I just, I went in there knowing nobody and I came out with eight new buddies. So it was all because we care about working on our stuff. And I, and I thought that was pretty darn cool
0: that's awesome they, they got to meet the face behind the voice that's awesome
1: yeah I'm like <laughs> you, you might see me wearing rubber gloves and talking to cards all day so it was pretty darn cool to, to meet some people that are in the tribe I guess
0: hey I, I'm here for it it's re- that that's really fulfilling for sure <laughs> that's and cool. now that you talk about rubber gloves do you always clean with rubber gloves
1: I got used to it I made myself mm-hmm. do it because mm-hmm. you know what is, since I am paranoid and that's why I leave my card out sitting all overnight, I just think that I have these series of checklists in my head where I'm always afraid. So you pick up a card like this, even though I've held a million cards and I feel good with it. What if my back fingerprint just naturally touched it when I was putting it in the sleeve or something like that? Mm-hmm. I, w- I never did. Even if you guys watched some of my first Instagram videos, I never wore gloves. But then I started working on some of my high-end stuff, and I had to think. I had this blind spot where everybody knows how to do this like me. That's not true. So I said, "What would I want my customers to be doing? I want to wear rubber gloves. So everything I do is based on, if you copy me, you're going to have better results. So." It took me probably four cards to get used to it. And now I swear I sit down if I don't have my little rubber gloves here. I'm like, uh, I can't get started. So it's, now it's just part of the repertoire.
0: And it, it it makes it easier too. It's peace of mind. It's It saves you from a little bit extra work of a random figure. Especially print. if
1: you do an hour and a half of work on a damn edge. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it looks great. And you're holding it up and admiring your work. And then you got like a big hot fingerprint on the back. And you put it away (laughs) and send it in. And you get like a shitty surface score. i would be like, dude, I worked on that for an hour and a half. And my finger ruined it. So (laughs) if you guys don't like them, you're not alone. I didn't like them at first. But I got used to it.
0: Yeah. And that's actually a shocking thing too for me as well. Uh, Starting to clean the cards is I didn't think that they would... I didn't realize that an hour and a half could go by so quick on oh, just one card. I'm still learning. So I'm paying attention to everything and I'm not rushing at all. And then I was like, I, I look at the time. I'm like, holy crap.
1: <laughs> so it's it's you literally have to chunk out time because I worked on a couple monsters this past week. They're die cuts beauties from the nineties A die cut We're called the cut above Jordan and value wise. You're looking at North Ten thousand dollars. The Ken Griffey Jr. cut above probably half that, or even even three quarters of that. So big value card, and um, it has like a buzz saw all the way across the top. So edges, the like corners oh, all over. Yeah, I probably put into the Griffey probably four and a half hours. It was just like, and then I worked on a precious metal gem Marvel card last night with a ding. It had it was an it was an it was the rogue green precious metal gem of ten. So this is a banger and I depression on the back. What do I do? Put this on top, Just massage, the sides of those things to try to get that thing to rise up. I put in a couple hours, one night, another hour, the next day. And then it's also important to know when to walk away. Mm-hmm. I got it up to as much as I could get it. I always wanted to be perfect. I couldn't get it perfect. I bet you I improved it. I'll say 65%. So I'll take the win on that. I don't even know if we'll get it much higher of a grade or whatnot, but it just looks better. It doesn't have this big valley in it anymore. But you want to be careful when putting in, especially hours with the corner tool, you don't want to smash the card so thin where you hold it up and it's like one side is pancaked and the other side is looking like that because then you screwed the card up. So after checking it and checking it, I was like, all right, it's still got its... It's uniform all the way across the top, still. It's still a love 10, beautiful PMG. And now that big old line on the back isn't driving me crazy anymore. So <laughs> I'll just, I'll be happy with it. So, no, no one to walk
0: away. That's really good to know. And I think it probably <clears throat> seems like over time, you get a lot better knowing when to walk away yeah. or feeling good about walking away.
1: Yeah. Probably. I, I tell you, sometimes I'll like work on these cards and, you know, I'll, I'll have four major issues. I can get like three of them to go away. It's way better than it was going to ever get. And yeah, the like, scratches and print lines suck. They, they suck. And I don't know if it's on Fortnite, but sports cards right now, like all the expensive hobby boxes are all these shiny premium cards. They have these damn dimples in them now. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's from the from a factory or... with a dimple. And it's oh. like, I can't even, I can't, they're like kryptonite. I can't even get those damn things out. So it's, there's just stuff you can't do. And you know what? So what? Move on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a little annoying. At least you like what you said when to walk away. So yep. that you Absolutely. don't do further damage to the yeah. card. Yeah.
1: And, if, and if I, and I have to tell guys too, some guys will hit me up and go, Kurt, polish this card six times, man. And I'm not getting any results. I'm like, dude, wave the white flag. It's just sometimes the card wins. Sometimes you do. Nothing you did wrong. <laughs> nothing you did wrong. It's just a, that's a, just a hella mark on there. And it's not going anywhere. So don't mm-hmm. get this. Walk away, pick up 10 more cards and work on those and you'll cheer yourself up on the next one.
0: I did have one last question that I did want to ask. And hey. I think I might know what the answer is, but I still want to give you the chance to answer it. So if you had a hundred dollars to spend today, what would you buy it on and why? And it could good. be cards or good question.
1: Yeah. I'll stick in I'll stick in the card world. I like number one, I like the hundred dollar budget because. It's silly to say if you had $10,000 to spend. We're not talking to all of our viewers at that point. We're talking to a few people that are lucky to go out and buy stuff like that. So $100, bucks. A, I like the question. B, I like the budget. I'll tell you what. Let me see. I'll grab something. So what I would grab, what I would go after, I would go after stuff like this. I think that stuff that's highly undervalued right now that is going to pop is stuff like this, music. Oh. Cards. Okay. This, this is a 1994 Panini Smash Hits Nirvana rookie card. Okay. Okay. So, the, the, right now, you guys like on the back of these were all made in Italy. Uh huh. These were not a ton of these made, and look at it like this. Look at musicians like I. I picked these up. Uh, slabbed because this one's a six and I want to crack it I'm going to crack this one and work on it because so I have depression on it so <laughs> yeah that and I think sports and music I have so many parallels like a, a music card is an actual like event taking place or a band just like when we look at sports cards and the thing is there's not a lot of them and when I look at the market like F1 cards went from like unheard of to $150,000. Pokemon, Fortnite, all these non-sports cards are really getting attention that I'm happy about. I like that. I like that there is a palette of stuff to collect. So what else is hot? UFC cards are selling through the roof. All this stuff is selling big, but I don't think that too many collectors are hip on the music stuff. So I think that if you're going to spend a couple bucks like... I know that being a kid of the 90s, growing up in the 90s, this is my stuff. So these are some recent purchases. This is a PSA 8. I got this for under 100 bucks, And I think the last PSA 8 I sold the other day just sold for 200 So they're creeping up. And that was, I would say, I think that there's going to be, whether you want them just to personally collect or maybe something to hold on to and invest into, I think music cards are being looked over. And, I, there's, there, and the cool part is they're all from the early 90s. So there's not like a bunch of new stuff out. Huh. You know? So I could be wrong, but I'm into this stuff. And I'll show you guys one more one that it, it wasn't, in, I wasn't under the $100 budget. But I think uh, being that I'm a lifelong card collector and a lifelong musician, I had to get one that really tied the two together. And this right here is the, it's, I know I'm getting a little bit shiny. This is the Kurt Cobain Autograph 101.
0: Holy moly. Oh,
1: so this is a very important card to me. I'm getting it shiny. I'm trying to get it for you. But 2018 Leaf Executive Masterpiece, the Kurt Cobain, lead singer Nirvana, died 1994, 101. So this was really special to me. And I think his name's cool. Not too many Kurt's I run into. So <laughs> yeah, that Kurt is my favorite musician of all the time. And I just tell you, as much as like sports have brought me so much joy and just taught me so many lessons. I always like, I'm just such a fan of musicians, because it's. I love the concept of a musician will stand on stage and sing a song to 60,000 people, and they sing it back for 60,000 different reasons. And I think that is super powerful. And that's just such a human thing. And it's just such a soul thing. And I think that's the same way of like, why collectors why i've loved athletes or art or i think you can find art in anything but i would definitely suggest if you're a music fan look up some of your favorite bands there's some really cool cards out there from hip-hop to rock bands alternative bands like there's some really cool music paraphernalia like i also have invested in elvis cards and beatles cards from the 50s and 60s oh wow stuff is undervalued in my opinion it's undervalued and it's rare and it's cool so long answer to your simple question I would ask out some music
0: stuff I when I think about music stuff and music collecting I always think about vinyls but yeah. I had no idea a that the cards existed and B now I've gotta start looking into it a few months ago I was exposed I don't know sometime last year probably probably a year ago now I was exposed to like the vintage t-shirts within mm-hmm. like the music realm yeah. and that really blew my mind because when you look at artists and these are some of my favorite artists from back in the day and i guess i say back in the day at 90s but alia yeah. and those were huge artists for me when i was a kid i was listening to them in middle school when I was on the bus and I had my freaking CD player and I had to hold it like this because totally. any little thing it would skip. And so you're trying to protect the CD and have a good listening experience. And I had those CDs and then I remember when they had passed and I was looking at their vintage t-shirts. And I was like, holy crap.
1: I know. They're I are I-
0: hundreds of dollars and...
1: And, yeah. and even if you people like don't want, like, I just think that it's going to take off more and more because it's, I think music and sports are people's top two things. A lot of people's top two things. And,
0: Absolutely. and
1: it's, I love having being surrounded by instruments and autographs. Like I, I worked in as a DJ for almost 20 years and I worked at a radio station in Detroit and I was fortunate to be able to meet like on my wall right here. I got to do a picnic with Metallica and I got Metallica, all their autographs on an album Holy crap. Uh, I got Chris Cornell and Audio Slave behind me. I have Wolf Mother, Stone Temple Pilots, Velvet Revolver, The Killers, like bands I love that I was fortunate to meet these guys and get them to sign stuff for me. Wow. I was just, uh, and just a couple months ago, I started thinking about music cards and I'm like, does anybody collect these things? And I'm like, I will. And so I've been, <laughs> been stacking up a little bit on them. Hey, That's I could awesome. be wrong, but I don't even care if I'm wrong because I don't sell any cards anyways. I keep them all. So I, they're mine. <laughs>
0: Hey, I I appreciate it because I not had I've had zero exposure in that, so now I'm gonna start doing some digging. Me, <laughs> I, I know. Look what I've done, Jess. Look what I've done. Give me more We've started something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I appreciate it. Sometimes I'll spend some time on PSA's pop reports and I'll go into non TCG and non sports categories just to see the random things that came out these random years and. I did that two years ago and I discovered that there were Star Wars cards. Oh yeah. I had no freaking idea. Star Wars I, is my I jam. Got
1: a, I got a ton of the nineteen seventy six Star Wars series. Like the the Boba Fett rookie and all this stuff. I
0: Yeah. I, That's I, the I blue have, borders, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I got that okay. stuff. Oh. Because it's all just go out market placing and garage sailing and there's a big old box of stuff. I'm like, I'll buy it. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> you can't take me anywhere without stopping at garage sales and stuff like that because like there could be treasure let's go look you know
0: there really could be one time i went to a, I was at a baseball shop or whatever and they had this table of things ten dollars or less and i'm looking through seeing if there might be something interesting and i found a box it sealed box of star trek season three cards like literally tng season three and i yeah and i had no idea they existed and and i liked tng i like star trek i don't know i Mm -hmm. anyways so i bought it for 10 bucks and then i also saw this it it was open but i got it anyway it was a batman it might have been michael keaton's second film where it was just a wax pack a box of wax pack batman cards and it was just like the star wars cards where it was just stills from the movie and that was cool too and and i've only opened i think maybe one pack because i just really want to keep them sealed i don't know why but honestly i should probably just open up a few more just to enjoy the cards it's fun Um, you know
1: what i mean it is fun yeah yeah it's i could go obviously and you get me around collecting stuff i'm all in that's like sports stuff i'm a guitar collector yeah you know what i mean? (laughs) That's <laughs> it, it. You know, I got to keep one right here. Here's my workhorse that I'm always working with. So, so I've been able to fortunately find things I like to do and have fun with them. I encourage anybody watching. If you got a nudge that you want to try something new or something different or whatever, just just go from thought to action as fast as you can. and Go get it.
0: Hell yeah. I like that. I like that. And that might be, if you want to add to that, I wanted to give you a chance to like let listeners know, first off, where they can find you. um, But also if you wanted to leave them with parting words, if not, like those parting words are pretty dope.
1: Yeah, Um, but I'm gonna
0: leave that as your choice.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I'll I'll give it a recap. Jess, I just want to thank you so much for just reaching out to me, number one, and being interested in what I'm doing and just asking questions. I think that's a really good way to start about this. And I just totally appreciate your professionalism. And I just would encourage anybody that if you got a nudge, like, you want to try something new or you're getting pulled into some direction. Act on it. Go from thinking about it to being about it as fast as you can. And really, that's how, guys, I was scared at first to offer my products publicly. I do get critics. I get people that say, oh, you're, this is terrible. You shouldn't be doing this. And there's people that also think the Beatles suck. And I don't agree with them. either. So if you guys have questions, you can hit me up. If it's something that you're new to and you guys want to learn a little bit more, Follow me on my social channels on um, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. That's where I'm at right now. It's all under Kurtz Card Care. And if you do want to check out my product line, it's available at KurtzCardCare.com. So, uh, bottom of my heart, Jess, total pleasure to talk to you, and I appreciate you having me.
0: Oh, that's really sweet. I, I really appreciate you being on. just